Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Science of Success. Introducing your host, Matt Bodner. Welcome to the Science of Success, the number one evidence-based growth podcast on the internet with more than a million downloads and listeners in over 100 countries. In this episode, we discuss how to master relationships. We go deep into cutting-edge networking strategies from one of the world's top connectors, examine how to unite people in collaboration and co-elevation, talk about the power of generosity in building real and authentic relationships, look at letting go of individualism, and much more with our guest, Keith Ferrazzi. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should join our email list today by going to successpodcast.com and signing up right on the homepage. There's some amazing stuff that's available only to our email subscribers, so be sure you sign up. First, you're going to get an awesome free guide that we created based on listener demand. This is our most popular guide called How to Organize and Remember Everything, and you can get it completely for free along with another surprise bonus guide when you sign up and join today. Next, you're going to get a curated weekly email from us every single week called Mindset Monday. Listeners have been absolutely loving this email. It's short, simple, filled with articles and stories, things that we found interesting within the last week. Lastly, you're going to get an exclusive chance to shape the show, vote on guests, change our intro music, submit your own questions to guests, and much more. So be sure to sign up and join the email list. You can do that by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right there on the homepage. Or if you're on the go, if you're out and about, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Again, just text SMARTER to 44222. In our previous episode, we explored rejection in depth. We talked about the incredible power of rejection, went deep into rejection therapy, looked at the incredible results created by seeking out rejection and living beyond your comfort zone. 
talked about the magic of asking why, and heard a few incredible stories from the 100-Day Rejection Challenge and much more with our guest, Jia Jang. If you want to become absolutely fearless, listen to that episode. Today, we have another incredible guest on the show, Keith Ferrazzi. Keith is the CEO and founder of Ferrazzi Greenlight and is the best-selling author of Who's Got Your Back and Never Eat Alone. Keith's Greenlight Research Institute has proven the correlation between specific practices that improve relationships with business success. His work has been featured in several high-profile publications, including the Wall Street Journal, Harvard Business Review, Inc., Fast Company, and much more around the globe. Keith, welcome to the Science of Success. Matt Austin, thanks a lot for having me. Well, we're super excited to have you on here today. Never Eat Alone is probably one of my, if not my, all, and one of my favorite books of all time, and, and definitely the best book I've ever read about building relationships. I, you know, I constantly reread it at least once a year to kind of get a refresher and recommend it to people all the time. So it's really great to have you on the show. To start out, I'd love to begin with kind of one of the things you talk about in that book specifically, which is this idea that when people sometimes hear the phrase networking, and you know, they think networking is kind of a dirty word, and it's got a lot of negative connotations. You know, how do you how do you sort of think about repositioning or viewing sort of networking and what people traditionally think about it in a new and, and more productive way? I, I would say that the simplest thing I tried to do from the very beginning running the book was to shift the word from networking to relationship building. And but that's not even enough. I mean, the idea of building authentic relationships is crucial. But in this very self-serving and narcissistic world where everyone's scared about taking care of themselves, you better lead with generosity to get someone's attention. So the addition to the principle of building real relationships is, is leading with generosity. But I'll tell you that some of my work in the most recent years in transforming large organizations has awoken me to some problems in business today. One of them is that we still are clinging to that John Wayne rugged individualism mindset of, you know, I'm out to take care of myself. And then based on taking care of myself, I will reach out to critical individuals and enlist them in helping me take care of me. That's the way the world works. And I want to start shifting that to the recognition that greatest things in our lives are only going to be happening through co-creation. Co-creation is a is an idea that that is one step beyond what, how you think of collaboration today. You think of collaboration as I got something to do, I need other people, I'm going to go get by it. Or I've got something to do, I need other people and they're resistors and I'm pissed off and I'm going to try to figure out how to work around them, etc. But but really leaning in and making a contract with critical individuals that are crucial to you achieving the mission you have in this world and co-creating and what we call going higher together, co-elevating, co not just collaborating, co-elevating, co committing together to go to a different level while we're both achieving our missions. That's the next generation of real networking. And that to me is a, such a big shift in mindset. But when you embrace it, the world opens up to you and people open up to you fundamentally differently. I think that's so great. And and to me, you know, one of the, the quintessential lessons from Never Eat Alone, that it seems like this idea of co-creation is almost the next evolutionary step, is this notion that that relationship building is not about 
sort of what's in it for me. It's much more about a shift to how can I add value to people in my network? How can I make everyone around me as successful as possible? And by doing that, that's how you really truly build authentic relationships. Yeah. And as like I said, networking what used to be how do I collect as many business cards as possible to get, you know, opportunity from people. Then you move that from how do I build real authentic relationships focused and born on generosity. I'm kind of taking into the, the third piece now is and how do we commit to growing together in the process? That's the added element. The co-elevation element is not just building authentic relationships, not just leading with generosity, all of that critical. But now, how do we commit to helping each other go higher? That, that actually is an emotional commitment that you don't see very often. I'll give you a quick example. Many of your leaders, many of the people listening to this are leaders who run teams of some sort. If you asked your team members, how many of you think you could be 10 to 20% better at what you're doing right now? They'd probably all raise their hands. Basic humility, of course we could be. But now the question is, look to the person to your right. Do you think it's your job to help them get there? That's co-elevation. And are we really committed to helping each other go higher? Or are we just getting our shit done and working with each other as best we can? That's a different level. And I feel in a world where traditional hierarchies and silos are no longer serving us, we've got to create a new work contract of co-elevation. So how do we do that? Tell me a little bit more about building well, that emotional commitment to co-creation and co-elevation. As I mentioned, this is the, it's going to be the title of my new book and it's the subject of my, my new book. The first thing you have to recognize is that you've got to do all the work yourself. Meaning, I mean, I, I have a foster son who's 19 now. When he was 12 and came into our house, he was the biggest you know, jackass you could possibly imagine. He had been in multiple homes before us, absolutely, you know, concerned about his, whether he'd be sticking here in this home and, you know, screaming at us, you will never be my father, that sort of thing. So what if I crossed my arms and said, yeah, I'm going to wait him to meet, I'm going to wait for him to meet me halfway. You think that would have gotten anywhere? Yet in the work environment, we're constantly doing that. We don't take full responsibility for the elevation of all the relationships that we need to be successful. And that to me is the first act of a co-elevation network that you have, which is your recognition that it's on you. It's all on you. Does that make sense to you? That makes total sense. And I, I love that shift. And to me, it's funny when you look across the lessons of everybody from ancient Stoics to Navy SEALs. It seems like that that focus on taking responsibility for things that may be, may seem kind of outside of your sphere of influence is actually really almost the superpower that enables you to achieve incredible things. You know, and, and the opposite of that is a victim mindset where you just sit there wringing your hands and saying, you know, the boss won't let me or I didn't have the resources or I don't have the time. I mean, that's a victim mindset and you will end up being mediocre or getting fired with that. So the key is to take full responsibility for the relationships. And then the question is, what's the blue flame? Like if you have an individual, if somebody wanted to co-create a different relationship with me in order for them to be more successful, they would have to understand my blue flame. They would have to understand what really matters to me, what's going to drive success in my eyes and how will they serve that right 
you know, just going out and being of service to somebody when you are maybe of service to them in a way that they don't appreciate is useless. But do you do you have do you have the mindset? I was just working with a head of HR for a big company the other day. I was suggesting to her, do you really know the blue flame of your boss? You know, you keep trying to push on him programs. And what he cares about is making his next quarter's earnings or he's going to he's going to be fired. How are you a conduit to him making his next quarter earnings until you show up that way? Then you don't have a right to be considered his trusted advisor and his partner. So you've got to you've got to come from the perspective of fully understanding what a person needs and wants and how you can serve them in that direction before you can open up the co-creation. So it's all on you and you have to position it from the perspective of really it's all it's all about them. Those are two of the first core steps. Now, go ahead. No, keep going. Well, I was going to say the next step of course is now put the put the questions in the dialogue at the table because if you're going to co-create and co-elevate then what are the questions we have to chew through? You know, I, I've been I've been looking recently at how my brand is positioned in the marketplace. I've got this new book coming out a year from now, and I've got to figure out how to build a pre-audience for my book before it comes out, in addition to those who just read Never Eat Alone. And for somebody to have a, a squarely an understanding of, okay, Farazi's brand has got to build you know, call it 15, 25,000 pre-sales for this book before, you know, the book comes out. And, you know, what is Farazi's business? It's coaching high-impact teams at Fortune 500 executive organizations. Now, we take those two things and somebody says, here are the five questions, Farazi, we've got to crack the code of in order to figure out how to get your outcomes. Boy, now I'm interested. You know, somebody has got my blue flame They've they've identified that they want to be of service to achieve it, and they've given me a set of questions that have become imminently obvious for me that have to be cracked in order to get there. And I might tweak that there aren't five, there are, you know, there are six, and the and here's three additional ones, and we work together. Now all of a sudden you have a business partnership, you have a real partnership, a co-elevation partnership. Now, along the way, I'm gonna to want to know from that person, how do I make them successful? They've spent enough time really breaking down what success looks like for me. Now I begin to awaken to their success. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And and I think the, you know, just the shift of, I think the two things that you pinpointed specifically, kind of the idea of if you're in a victim mindset today, or, you know, you're kind of someone who feels like you don't have a lot of agency, or you're trying to get people on your team, and you can't do it. You know, the two shifts of, it's all on you. It's your responsibility to make something happen. And it's all about focusing on the other people and what they want. I think those two shifts are, are fundamental. And re- it's uh, it's so crystal clear. And I mean, you see it across the board from a number of different uh, spheres. But to me, I think both of those are just really, really important. Yeah. And, I, and again, I, I this, this discussion I'm going to have on Friday with a news outlet, a pretty big news outlet, is going to even talk about you know, our current president and how a business president is leading the government today. You know, the idea of an individual who got elected 
by micro-segmentation and understanding a very core, distinct, narrow audience and creating a lot of resonance with that core audience is now tasked with leading a collective, but not focusing on leading the collective. You know, my view is you can't you can't bring a country together. You can't bring a company together across silos and divisions. You can't achieve greatness in any mission unless you know how to create us. Creating us becomes a new competency of leadership. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, this co-elevation contract is the contract where an entrepreneur takes looks at the mission that they have and the ecosystem that they want to impact and invites that ecosystem in to a journey of co-creating something great together, going higher together. That's what entrepreneurship to me is all about. And that's internal and external to the organization. And that's all on you and it's all about them. And them, you more broadly you, you define the them, the, the more successful you'll be. It's not just a, a narrow audience of your own people. It's not a subsegment of your own people. It's your own people, your vendors, your customers, your prospects. How do you invite this community into a movement in a sense, a movement? Your, your product's got to be inviting people into a movement. You know, a, a consuming your product is, is you being invited into being a participant of the movement of people that believe what you believe. And whether that's selling real estate or whether that's selling consulting services or a new consumer brand, you know, you're trying to create a movement internally, your organization and externally to come together and, and believe something. Is that, is that, are you, you following me on this? As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hiring the right person takes time. Time that you often don't have. 
but you shouldn't let a time crunch get in the way of finding the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. In fact, I was on LinkedIn Jobs this morning looking for candidates to fill a key role in one of my businesses. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so that you can hire the right person quickly. You can look for things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, looking beyond just work skills and resumes to connect you with the candidates who are a perfect match for your business. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post gets in front of the people you actually want to hire because they have a much better ability to get a deep insight into exactly who is the right candidate for you and your business. Find the right person meant for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and the first $50 is on them. Just visit linkedin.com slash success. Again, that's linkedin.com slash success to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, no, I think, I, I mean... I think it's a core lesson and something that, you know, it's funny. I mean, obviously you're a master of relationship building and, and, and how to get people on your team, but you see these lessons echoed from everybody from spy recruiters to hostage negotiators, very similar kind of core thesis and lessons. I'm curious in the work you've done, uh, championing these ideas, what have you seen kind of some of the biggest hurdles or, you know, when people hear this, what are the reasons people don't get on board or what, what, what are some of the reasons kind of people resist these ideas? Hmm. I joke that there's three reasons and it's not a joke. It's true. Laziness, cowardice, or really a, a sense of, I wouldn't call it entitlement. It's more a sense of almost vindictiveness. I'll explain what I mean. So one of them is these relationships to Keith, what you're talking about sounds like a hell of a lot of work, you know, I've been very comfortable living in my silos, treating vendors like vendors, you know, selling to customers, not co-creating with them. You know, what you're suggesting requires a lot of work. And yes, it does. But the absence of it in this new radically interdependent marketplace will mean you're going to fail. So if you don't open up your aperture and create a wholly different set of partnerships, you won't succeed. So laziness, just laziness. Cowardice is... Well, I'm, you know, if I open myself up this way, what if they reject me? What if they don't? What if I'm not smart enough? What if they don't have time for me? This is all of those things. Right. And it's it's these fear based mindsets are always going to hold entrepreneurs back. The third is what I really you know, the word I think I was see, see, looking for a second ago was indulgence. Like I am used to not liking this person. I'm used to having a a controversial relationship with this particular constituency or this customer base. I mean, large automotive companies had an entire damaged set of relationships with dealerships for decades that, that was just accepted. It's just accepted. And frankly, I considered it an indulgent to continue to think about one of your major channels as an adversary. I mean, that's just, that's like a, that's like a, a teenager, you know, just getting comfortable with the, the clicks and the and the people that, you know, that don't get along inside of the high school. You see that operating in organizations all the time and people all the time. So whether it's your laziness or your cowardice or your indulgence, the answer is you have no choice if you want to be truly great in this world 
to find ways to co-create. And what have you found has, have, you know, has kind of worked for you in terms of getting people over those hurdles? Practice. I mean, what we do is we don't teach this stuff. We coach it. So showing up over six months with an executive team, opening up different ways to behave with each other is crucial. So that's the key. You know, the key is really trying to unleash a, a different set of experiences. And once you get people to taste a different way of being, they'll, they'll be willing to try it again. So small little bites. What I always said to people in Never It Alone is, you know, you, you, got, you got 250 pages of tons of ideas. Try a couple of them on. If you like them, you're going to want more. I think so it's just very distinct experiences. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I mean, for me personally, you know, I keep coming back to Never Eat Alone just because there's so much practical advice in there. It, you know, I, I kind of implement three or four ideas from it. And then I come back and I'm like, all right, what else can I learn from this thing? And I mean, I've books probably been out yeah. 10 years and I'm still, you know, I've read a lot of other books about relationship building and I keep coming back and I'm just like, if I just execute what's in this book. I'm going to 10x the effectiveness of my relationship building strategies. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious for someone, you know, someone like you who's, who's obviously become incredibly successful. How has that impacted either sort of positively or negatively or, or changed the way that you pursue kind of relationship building broadly, but in specifically, you know, a lot of the tactics and strategies you talk about within Never Eat Alone? Frame the question again a little differently. You're, you're saying, how does this change? How did these mindsets change the way I've evolved in, in, in treated relationships? Yeah. So since you know, since you've become more successful and, and, and grown so much with the mm. launch of the book, how has that impacted either in a positive or negative way the way that you think about relationship building and the strategies you use? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. In in the old days, I had no currency. Nobody knew who I was. I was a poor kid from Pittsburgh, and. I had to, of course, assume it's all on me. You know, there was no assumption that anybody wanted to spend time with me. So I had to bust my ass to bring all the currency to the table. But the the question is, you know, once I've had more success and there are a, a more abundant set of individuals who'd like to co-create with me. Now the question is filtering and getting a better sense for where to put time and energy. And I have to say that as long as I keep grounded to what the core mission is and consistently put that out there to people and ask, is this something you share with me? You know, is this mission to change the way, you know, my view is I want to change the way the world relates through the workplace. The word, you know, and I have found that by changing the way a leader shows up as a an executive in the workplace and ends up makes that leader a better spouse and a better parent. That's where my livelihood is. And if other people share that with me, then I'll, I'll find time for the co-creation. Knowing your audience better than I do, help me understand a few parting words that you think like, what, what do you think's on their mind having heard all of this? I mean, I think the, the two lessons you shared specifically regarding kind of co-creation make a ton of sense. And I think we've talked about a little bit, some of the hurdles that, that involve that, you know, one of the questions we, we submit to our audience when we have guests coming on board and we ask them to ask some questions. So one of the questions that a listener had, which may tie into this is, is this from Maddie in Chicago, Illinois. She wanted to know for young professionals, when is, when's kind of the right time to start thinking about 
implementing a lot of these ideas? Well, I started when I was in fifth grade. Does that count? The bottom line is this has to be a, a new set of behaviors that you try on and wear. And the earlier, as you we talked about earlier, how do you get this mindset to shift? Practice. The earlier you practice, the more likely that these behaviors are going to be yours for a lifetime. So, you know, beginning to build that rich network. I wish in retrospect, I just went to my college reunion and yeah, I was reasonable then, but I wish I had I wish I had known what I know now then, and I would have built much more deeper, longer-lasting relationships with a subset of the movers and shakers, you know, at the time that were at my university, because these people are running the world today, and some of whom I know loosely and can certainly reach out to as a fellow classmate, but I didn't sustain those relationships. All around us are extraordinary people. Hang out with extraordinary. Build those relationships for the long term. And that's that'll be your your growth trajectory and an area of, of opportunity for yourself. So, Matt and Austin, I appreciate your time and thank you so much for exposing my ideas to your audience. Love what you guys are doing. And I appreciate the affiliation with success. Absolutely. And uh, one just quick question. Where can people find you and your work online for listeners that want to do some more homework? Yeah, please. I have a great newsletter, which is free, that goes out to those who really want to put these practices to place, you can reach me at keithferrazi.com, keithferrazi.com, or just on LinkedIn. Sign up to follow us there. Those would be the, the best places. If you want to be a part of our newsletter, you can text my name. Just text Keith, K-E-I-T-H, to 66866. So if you, you know, type in 66866 and type in my name, Keith, it'll instantly sign you up for my newsletter or go to my website. Well, Keith, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know we didn't have a lot of time today, but we really appreciate uh, your wisdom. And you know, you're one of the most insightful thinkers about relationship building. And I think the advice you offer today is, is incredibly practical. Thanks, gentlemen. I look forward to staying in touch and doing something again in the future. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created the show to help you our listeners, master evidence-based personal growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt at successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T at successpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every listener email. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should join our email list today by going to successpodcast.com and signing up right on the homepage. First, you're getting an exclusive weekly curated email from us every single week called Mindset Monday. This includes articles, stories, videos, and things we found interesting in the last week. Next, you're going to get a chance to shape the show, vote on guests, submit your own questions to our guests, change the intro music for the show, and much more. Lastly, you're going to get awesome free content from us like our free guide, How to Organize and Remember Everything, which you get for signing up and joining, along with another surprise bonus guide when you join the email list today. There's some incredible stuff just for people who are on the email list that you don't get by listening to the show. So be sure you sign up, join the email list. You can do that by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right on the homepage, or if you're on the go, if you're driving around, if you're listening to this in your car or the subway or wherever else, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222 and sign up today. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you've enjoyed this episode, 
Please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes. That helps more and more people discover the science of success. Don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information, links, transcripts, everything we talk about in this episode, and much more, be sure to check out the show notes. You can get them at successpodcast.com. Just hit the show notes button right at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.